Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Oh man, open your Bible. Open your Bible to 1 Corinthians, capítulo 2, capítulo número 2, verso, how do you say verse, verso, verso 1. First Corinthians two, verse number one. Y yo, amigos, cuando yo voy. <laughs> One day, I'm going to preach in Spanish. I really am, in Jesus' name. Ooh, I sense the presence of God. Stop, Jamie. Do you guys love Jamie Wilson at all? Um, um, also, while we were singing there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that was pretty much... Uh, uh, all of our, or a good bit of our youth worship team that was leading us right there, just doing a great job. Nile, saw you up here, doing good, man. Maddie, saw Maddie up here, singing and praising God. Zion over here on the keys. We're going to need a bigger stage just to hold all the musicians and talented ones. Praise the Lord. My son Walker was over there on the bass. McKenna up here. and Pastor Michael joined the youth team, look like. Praise God. That's how you know you're cool. You, you still, the youth will still take you. Praise God. Praise God. I love the Holy Ghost. I love the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellency of speech. I just want to stop right there and just say I'm really glad that verse is in the Bible. <laughs> It helps a guy like me. I didn't come to you with excellency of speech, enticing, enticing words that, that are su- supremely eloquent. I didn't come to you with superior eloquence that put me in a condition where the world must have thought I had my act together. I came to you I came to you preaching one thing. He said, I didn't come to you with excellency of speech or wisdom when I declared unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you. I didn't come to you to try to act like I have everything figured out. I came to tell you Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We're, in 2022, we're going deeper. 
And a good bit of going deeper is coming out from among them. Because one of the challenges with the world when it comes to Christianity is if you still look like the world, talk like the world, sound like the world, and smell like the world, how do they know you're not of the world? How are you an example of this new kingdom that you're an ambassador of when you get born again if you still look like, talk like, and sound like the world? Many people are walking around planet earth right now that were saved in a radical spiritual encounter, but they have, they have decided that once they got a certain amount of information, it then became an intellectual exchange instead of a spiritual rebirth. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God, but that is not the end of wisdom. So, Paul is writing here to the church at Corinth and he's saying, you guys got to remember, I didn't come to you and try to, you know, impress you with how good I can string words together. On the contrary, I came to you to declare Jesus Christ and him crucified. Number one, if you're taking notes, if you're going to go deeper in God, you have to constantly keep going back to Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because there's something that happens on the inside of every person. It doesn't matter if you're a, if you're a painter, if you're a welder, if you're a librarian, if you're a brain surgeon. After you've done something for 10 or 15 years, you start feeling like you've got it all figured out. And the minute that you act like you got it all figured out is the moment that you're no longer malleable and teachable. The minute that you decide there's nothing else to learn is the moment that you will learn nothing else. So if you're going to go deeper in the things of God, you've got to get to that place where you constantly are going deeper in your understanding and your wisdom and your walk with God and your biblical understanding of the Bible. But you constantly have to take it right back to Christ and him crucified because it very quickly can become about you and not about him. It very quickly can become about, well, you know, I've been saved for 452 years. Therefore, I know this, this and this. Well, if you're holding people to a standard that you were not held to when you were born again, then you are probably not teaching people Christ and Him crucified. You're probably teaching some element of behavior modification. Because behavior modification makes everybody feel better. When you stop being rude, it makes all of us feel better. But if you stop being rude and you're not born again, it does nothing for your eternity. Christ and him crucified. Because the other thing that sneaks in is you start to weigh yourself by yourself. So when you do something well, you start feeling like super Christian. The problem is it's a two-edged sword. So when you drop the ball or miss the mark, now you will feel like you are no longer qualified because your ideology was qualifying your condition based off of your action instead of Christ and him crucified. Paul was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew the scripture better than most of the Pharisees in the Sanhedrin walking around. Yet he chose to come and just speak of Christ and him crucified. It, it astonished those who knew him well, no doubt. This guy who would, who would go jab for jab with you in the Bible... Always be hesitant of people like that. Always be hesitant that, that are like a six shooter. And, and the problem is they're never pointing their gun at the devil. 
they always have this one verse that they want to shoot you with. Usually they'll take it out of context. Usually they'll take a half truth. Usually they'll take a, a half experience and they'll, they'll try to do it in a way that they, they, they try to sound, well, I'm just trying to help. That's usually how it starts. And they're trying to criticize you. And all the while, your answer is not, let me go tit for tat with you with the scripture. Your answer is, well, we can definitely all learn. But here's where I'm going back to. I'm not coming at you with elegant speech. I'm not coming to you with superfluous ideology. I'm coming to you to discuss the fact that there is a man who left heaven, who is fully God, fully man. He came here. He lived for me. And he died for me. Three days later, he rose from the dead for me. So that's where I'm hanging my hat and all of my theology. It kind of shuts down some of the critics. The problem is most of the critics are in your own head. Because we start, you know, we get born again. We're like this new baby. We're like, oh man, you know, a baby, like, like they can't do anything wrong. Like you take an 18-month-old baby, stick in a high chair, grab a bunch of Cheerios, they throw them on the floor, and we go, that's cute. If you're 35 and still throwing Cheerios on the floor, there's a disconnect somewhere. We don't think it's cute. But when you're 35, it's still not your righteousness. Come on, when you're 55, when you're 95, it's not your righteousness. If you want to know how to stay steadfast and go deeper in the things of God, you got to get back to that place where you go right back to Christ and Him crucified. One side of it, it's got to be how you help people that are hurting. You've got to make sure they're not looking at you like you're a superhuman Christian with an S on your chest and a cape. you got to keep going back to, no, 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 no. Don't make it about me. It is Christ and Him crucified. That's what it is. Then secondly, you got to do it for yourself. Because as soon as you start feeling like, oh man, I'm starting to get my act together. The minute you trip, that's whenever you'll start, that's whenever you'll start tying your own shoelaces together. Oh, I shouldn't even be here. I'm not qualified. Let me just tell you something. None of us qualified. None of us are qualified. He just put us in right standing. Anybody ever had a gift given to you before? Salvation's a gift if you'll accept it. Puts you in right standing with God. And just because it's a gift, that doesn't mean it was cheap. Just because it was free to you doesn't mean it was cheap. So when you start walking in this gift, you just as well walk in the whole thing. He said, he said, you can, you can go before the throne room, go into the throne room and make your request known unto God. He said, you can walk in and be seated in heavenly places. The angels can't do that. They walk in the throne room and they pop attention and they hold it. Until God says, do you have something to say? Speak now. And we walk in and go, dad. We walk in and go, daddy. Hey, I made it. Your prayer life 
ought not be prayed as if God doesn't want to, God, God doesn't want to deliver your prayer life. I'll be prayed. I'm just trying to get my mind and my spirit in unison so that I can actually pray what you'd have me to pray because your thoughts that you have for me are for good and not evil. You prepared things that haven't even entered into my mind for me. So I'm just here to talk to you for a minute, Dad. I know I've told this story before, but I gotta tell it again. I grew up in, in, in a small town in East Texas, and, and my parents, it's, uh, for a good part of my life, they had a dry cleaning business. And that dry cleaning business was incredible, as long as you weren't the guy so, uh, sorting the dirty clothes. <laughs> there some people would come in there, and God is my witness, they'd come in, and I, could, I, I smelled them when they drove up. <laughs> I was like, whoa. We're so glad. Thank you for your business. Come on. We were in the mask before masks were cool. You know, just. <laughs> I, we, we had a school. One of the, one of the schools I went to was right close there. So I'd walk, walk to the, to the cleaners after school. My dad had an office. It was a corner office like you'd expect. In that corner office, he had a, he had a, a restroom there and he had a little closet and that closet was a safe. I'm 10 or 12 years old, know the combination of the safe. Employees didn't know the combination of the safe. Had good staff, I'm sure, good employees throughout the time. But here I am, walking there. Dad, I said, I'd walk in the door. I never even knocked. My dad's office would be closed. He'd be in a meeting. I'd just blow through the door. Good morning, hey, Dad, what's up? <laughs> Somebody sitting there, you know, doing business, would just look over at me. And dad would be like, hey, Brian, what's up? He'd put his hand up like that. That meant one thing. Give me five. What's up, pop? How was school? Terrible. How was athletics? Awesome. What was your favorite part of school? Lunch. Awesome. Well, this is Mr. So-and-so. We're talking about doing this, this, and this. I'm like, hello, Mr. So-and-so. Nice to meet you. Dad, I want to go to... uh Tidbit, I think it was called. The, the, is that what it's called? The, the convenience store. We had a convenience store close to the place. I want to go to Tidbit. Dad, can I go to Tidbit? I said, yeah. I said, Dad, can I have some money? He goes, yeah, go in the safe. Get what you need. Pull the money bag out. Zip the top of it. Depending on when the deposits were made, there was some cheddar in there. And you always knew when it came from the stinky guy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, not that one. <laughs> That's when you know you're blessed. When you don't even, you don't want the stinky money. You just want the good money smell good, you know? <laughs> stinky money, yeah. Put that back in there. <laughs> I'm offending every religious person that's going to watch this. Now he's talking about stinky money and good smelling money. He called money cheddar. Cheddar, huh? <laughs> oh, God help us. I feel the spirit of liberty on this place. I feel the spirit of freedom on this place. I won't be bound. Come on, just say that. I won't be bound. I won't. I'm going to be free because whom the son, whom the son is set free is free indeed. Your whole neighborhood's going to want to get saved. Your whole neighborhood's going to be like, you know what? You've always just been so nice, but you just got this joy about you. And why do you have five cars there? Well, Monday through Friday. 
Well, what, what about Saturday and Sunday? Oh, I got two boats. Everybody, get, all the religious people are like, Bruh. I can't believe it. Let me put something on the internet. Tap, 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 tap. <laughs> Let me put something on the internet. They believe God will bless you. Now you're promoting our church. <laughs> I'm not going to be bound. I can tell you right now. The the best evangelist on the planet is a free person. Is a free person. So I walk in my dad's office. My dad, I some money. I want to go to Tidbit. He's like, yeah, go in there and get you some money. Go to Tidbit. It's okay. So I'd go in and get open up, get the smell good money out. You know what I'm talking about? This is how I would do it. You got to understand this. I would walk out back to my dad's office and as if I was going to do something, I would say, Dad, you want me to buy you something? <laughs> it's his money. <laughs> Don't you know how sell God is? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I'd walk over to Tidbit, get me a Dr. Pepper and some Reese's Pieces. You know what I'm talking about? E.T. phone home. I'd come back and sit down and drink my drink, you know. There was never a time when an employee got in that safe, at least that we know about, (laughs) to get some money to go to the gas station and get a snack. Because that kind of access, access is reserved for children. When you realize... That you are not an employee of God. You are a child of God. And when you walk in that door, it has nothing to do. He didn't even know if I did good in school that day. He didn't even know if I was nice to my teachers or if I did something that I shouldn't have done. All he knew is I was born in his house. When you get born again into the house of Almighty God, our Abba Father, it changes your access level. But if you start measuring your access based off of what you did well or what you did not do well, you will drift away from Christ and Him crucified. That's why if you're going to go deeper in God, you've got, for the sake of the people you're going to witness to, and for the sake of yourself, you have to constantly be like the Apostle Paul and go back to Christ and Him crucified. Does this make sense? Give God a hand of praise. I'm going to try to speed up for the sake of time. Just two verses so far? He said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, listen to this, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, in other words, mature, 
We do speak wisdom among the mature. In other words, when you're going to uh, 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 have a conversation with another believer, it's good to seek wisdom and pursue wisdom with people that are already on the course of following God. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, the rulers of this world, all that comes to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery or in a way that is challenging. It's almost like it's hidden. It's in plain sight, but it's hidden. The gospel is, is, is oftentimes laid in plain sight. But if you don't have eyes to see and ears to hear, it's as if it's hidden. When God ordained before the world, which God ordained before the world unto glory which none of the princes of this world knew, for he, for if he had known it, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Let me stop for just a second. If you're going to go deeper in God, first and foremost, you have to keep coming back. You have to keep coming back to Christ and Him crucified. Number two, you absolutely have to understand some things only happen by the power of God. Like this morning, I had no intention of, of us having a, a, a prayer meeting in the middle of our service today. But when the power of God is at work, you have two options. You can either relent your agenda and give it over to the power of God. Or sooner or later, what will happen is you will take on a form of godliness... But you will deny the power thereof. This goes back to what Paul was saying there in the beginning where he talks about, look, I didn't come to you guys to try to tie all these threads together beautifully and give you this eloquent speech and, and make sure that you understand that I have degrees on top of degrees and I have all these different things. He said, on the exact contrary, I came to you to teach Christ and Him crucified and I didn't preach to you and try to tie it all together. I preached to you not just to speak about, not just to speak about Jesus, but I preached to you and the demonstration of the power of God manifested in the room. There's a place there where you've got to be willing to consistently give place to the power of God or sooner or later you will get to the place where you actually deny the power of God. Now you have to understand that word deny is not the word like I don't believe it exists. It's the word, it's the word that, 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 that comes more around I refuse or I reject or I deny to allow it to operate. So nobody that reads, well, very few people, there are some clowns that, that, that read the Bible as if it's just all a big metaphor. There really was a man named Noah. He really did build an ark. The animals really did get on it. The Israelites really did walk out of Egypt, walked across dry ground through the Red Sea, went in the wilderness for 40 years, then they crossed over the Jordan River, and they walked into the Promised Land, and the first city they took there was Jericho. This really happened. The way they took Jericho is they walked around it quietly for a week, and when God told them they could shout, they shouted, and the walls crumbled. That did not happen because they outsmarted the devil. That happened because they were willing to believe in the power of Almighty God. So number one, you have to make absolutely sure that you keep going back to the, to the, to the fact that Jesus Christ crucified is how we get in this thing and it's how we stay in this thing. Secondly, you've got to get to the place where the power of God is not only acceptable, it is something that you, that you desire. You can either deny it or you can desire it. It's very uncomfortable a lot of times for somebody who hasn't been around it. I get it. 
You haven't been around the things of the Spirit like that. But nothing in the Bible is there by accident. And the Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if He was healing the sick in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, He's healing the sick today. If the men and women of God were walking around and miracles were taking place throughout their ministry in the book of Acts, all through the letter, all through the uh, uh, different epistles, then it's still happening today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You cannot get to the place where you take on a form of godliness, but you deny God the opportunity to function because what you will do is you will develop a bunch of intellectual mentally driven Christians instead of people that just say Christ and him crucified you will develop a bunch of ideologies and and the people that are predisposed with personality traits that make them disciplined will be very disciplined and the people that are predisposed to not have a disciplined lifestyle will not have a disciplined lifestyle and all of your faith will be stuck between your ears instead of down in that place called your spirit where God has literally rejuvenated you the great contrast is simple wisdom of man power of God The wisdom of men said we should have never left Egypt. We don't have water. We don't have food. Pharaoh is chasing us. But the power of God says I can't go back. The wisdom of men says Goliath is too big. Maybe he'll get hungry and leave. Let's try to wait him out. But the power of God says who is this uncircumcised Philistine that keeps cursing our God? Wisdom of men power of God. The wisdom of men is trying to determine if a baby on the inside of a mother's womb is a baby. Fools they are. And will answer to God for it. And for every person that they deceive. Wisdom of men. It's a joke half the time. The power of God says before I formed you in your mother's womb I knew you. The wisdom of men, the power of God. The wisdom of men says, you need to have everything figured out. The power of God says, yeah, you can walk on water, Peter. The wisdom of men says, we're out of wine. The power of God says, fill up the pots. The wisdom of men says, how will we feed these people? The power of God says, we just need an offering. Little fish, little bread, and let me touch it, says God. The wisdom of men and the power of God. They've been at odds. They've been at odds since mankind was created in the likeness and image of God. The wisdom of men says, I think I'll eat of the one thing he said not to eat. The power of God says, before The world was formed from the foundation the Lamb of God was slain. See, God was thinking about Adam when Adam wasn't thinking about God. The wisdom of men versus the power of God. I'm going to leave you with these two points today. That's it. Number one, you've got to keep going back to Christ and Him crucified no matter how long you've been born again. And i got great gospel news for those of you who are not born again or are far from God There's not 15 steps you have to take. It is Christ and Him crucified. Number two, you have to keep coming back to the power of God because the power of God is in a constant fight against the wisdom of men. 
Don't picture any place when I say this. But think how often churches and the people of God that are willing to move in the power of God are ridiculed and criticized compared to churches that deny the power. It's like the devil doesn't even care. Yeah, let them get together. Who cares? A couple of people may get born again if the word quickens on the inside of them. A couple of, couple of lives, you know, might get changed if, if, if something... people that are willing to flow in the power and willing to believe God for the power and I like to say it like this there are certain things I'm believing for if I never see it let my children see it if they don't see it let my grandchildren see it but let me let me run my race well let me play my part in this thing it's bigger come on it's bigger than you and me it's bigger than each one of us individually this is a kingdom and when I meet him face to face I want him to say, good job. Not, really, Brian, that was your best? The wisdom of men versus the power of God. You can't take on a form. One translation of that that verse there that Paul wrote to, to Timothy when he talked about taking a form of godliness. In our, in our, our, our current vernacular, we would say it like this. You look the part. You've gotten real good at acting the part. But you have rejected, refused, or denied the dunamis. Which is where we get the word dynamite, by the way. The power of God. You've denied it. You've rejected it. Some, some people are carrying burdens around that they don't have to carry because they have believed the scripture to be true but they deny the power of God attached to the scripture I don't know about you I, I want everything that Jesus paid for I want to walk in it I, I want to see the uh, I, I've already seen blind eyes open I want to see it again I've already seen deaf ears open I want to see it again these are things that, that should be happening on a random Tuesday in your life but it doesn't happen if you reject or refuse the power of of God. Let me just say this last thing because we're out of time. Time. We're out of time. Go back to that excellency of speech part. <laughs> the, the thing is, I've never really seen the power of God in operation in a strong way when there wasn't something going on that was hard to understand or explain. There's always something that's a little bit challenged. Can I give just a couple of examples? We have to push the next service back just a minute or two. But I'll give you just a couple of examples. You know, you may be new to the things of the Spirit like this and you get in and you're like, man... That worship is incredible. It's like it's almost like a concert. Well, it kind of is. It's just a concert for God. Man, that preacher is so good looking. I agree. I have a monitor right back there. You are correct. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But then the power of God or the Spirit of God starts moving. And you may hear somebody 
you know, somebody right next to you may just shout something crazy. And you're like, well, I was all good with the music. I was all good with that handsome preacher. And boy, he can really preach. I'm just encouraging myself. Praise the Lord. But that person next to me just screamed out. Just totally distracted me. Well, number one. What do you think they were saying about Bartimaeus? I've, I've found that it's, it's usually the crazy ones that get the miracles. It's sure not the quiet ones. <laughs> it's the ones that push through the crowd to get to touch the hem of his garment to get the miracles. It's the one who shout, Son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. I said have mercy on me, Son of David. That's the one who gets the miracles. But if you, you've never experienced you'd be like, Rah, I don't know about that. Rah. I liked all of it, but that part. Then the devil did his job. Because you got to one little part. There's 99 things happening that could change your whole life. And there's one thing that you just go, and you stare at it. The one little thing. He's the author of confusion. He wants you to be able to walk out of there with a big butt in your mouth. I liked that church, but. I like this part, 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 but. I've never seen a place where the Spirit of God was really moving, where everything was just totally normal. The only thing I've ever seen and experienced where the power of God was really moving, some peculiar stuff was probably going on. Now, all you, all you Christians and Bartimaeus type, I'm with you. That does not give us a license to intentionally disrupt people. Like when there's a new believer in you, like, 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 hello, my name is Brian. You know, don't just start. Hey, see if you can interpret this. That's not like free reign for us to do that, right? But at the same time, I'm not fixing to lose my access to the power just because somebody else isn't comfortable with me shouting unto God with a voice of triumph. I'm not losing my access to the anointing just because somebody else got uncomfortable with something that's clearly biblical. I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk this thing out to the best of my ability and I'm going right back to Christ and Him crucified and if I don't have some fire in my life I'm going to stir it up until I do. Somebody give God a hand of praise like you're not ashamed of the gospel. Somebody shout like you've been set free. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.